Welcome to the Zoe household. Our desire is to bring you to the consciousness of the God life that has been made available to everyone who believes the Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen to this powerful message by Pastor Ola Kiyosi, the resident pastor of the Zoe household Lagos. God bless you. Yeah, so an atheist, is, an atheist is someone who lacks the belief in the existence of a God, or God, or gods, I mean, or the concept of an higher being. Alright, so they don't believe in the supernatural, it's logical. So, but now, when you're speaking with atheists, they all have different um, reasons, different arguments why they came to that conclusion. So the reason why an atheist, this person is an atheist, is different from the reason why this person is an atheist. The reason why that person is an, is an atheist is different from the way reason why you know this other person is an atheist. They have different reasons. So today I'm I'm going to look. We're going to look at three major pillars, which many of them arrive at their conclusion of there not being there not being a god. All right. So the atheists are, may arrive to this position of unbelief through these three major pillars. They may arrive at the position of position of unbelief through these three major pillars. The first one is personal experience. The sec the first one is personal experience. The second is philosophical philosophical reasoning, philosophical reasoning. And the third is scientific inquiry. Third is scientific inquiry. First, personal experience. Second, philosophical reasoning. Third, scientific inquiries. All right. So, ah, there's no, there's no, ah, Jerry, sorry, eh? Because it was Jerry that did design the slides. I think about, I think about 19 slides or so. No. They will invite me somewhere to teach, and I'll do what I would teach, so. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying that they invite me to teach this. Okay, so and I, and I'll teach it boldly. <laughs> Lord, so they invite me to teach on. Come on. Well, the Holy Ghost says teach. How am I not to teach? If the Holy Ghost, but I know Holy Ghost is led. So. <laughs> All right. So. Um, personal experience. We're looking at personal experience first. So, under personal experiences, we're going to look at two major arguments for them. Alright, we're going to look at two major arguments. The first one we're going to look at is, you know, many of them believe to have searched God and not found God. Alright, so based on personal experience, many have sought the Lord and not found Him. You know, the scripture that says, Seek and you shall knock and it shall be so many of them have, I think I was watching a debate, you know, and this, this atheist was like, you know, the, the, um, you know, the other guy has spoken first, you know, and I was like, you know, you, you can't tell me I didn't find God. You found God, but I didn't find God, you know, I sought, but, you know, but I didn't find him basically. All right. So what, what, what answer can you give the them so majorly when it's about the personal experience many of them are looking for spectacular signs the supernatural signs to the existence of god so they are seeking god but they go about it the wrong way all right 
expressly from the Bible, there's one way to God. There's only one way to have an experience of who God is. And that's through the person of Jesus Christ. And that's basically through the person of, that's through the word of God. You can't know God outside the word of God. So the number one material or the number one means to actually know who God is or have an ideology of who God is, is through the word of God, through the Bible. Through the Bible, all right? Through the Bible. See, many times God is not is not necessarily in the supernatural, it's in the simple. For instance, you know, there, there's this guy in the Bible, all right, um, the parable that Jesus Christ quoted, the, the rich man and Lazarus, all right? The rich man and Lazarus, basically what happened there between the two of them is that, you know, um, the rich man ended up in hell and the other one was in the bosom of Abraham, which is symbolic to, you know, heaven. And I know the, this rich man was pleading that, you know what, please, you know, let me go and tell my, my siblings that, you know what, God is real and hell is real. Be careful. You know, walk rightly. And there was a simple response. There was a simple response. He said, they have the prophets. So it was, if, listen, if the God resur- resurrected from the dead, wasn't that going to be a miraculous sign? So God is saying, uh-uh, it's not the miraculous that we get them saved. He says, they have the prophets to listen. So who are the prophets? Moses and the likes. So what were the, so the, what were the words of, of, of the prophets? They are the ones that are written down in the Bible. So I think indirectly telling them that the way to know him or believe in hellfire in the existence of God is true words. What the Bible says. So it was not giving them a supernatural sign. It was giving them what? It was giving them the word of God. Simply nothing above the word of God. And you know, they have the prophets. We have the writings of the prophet these days. We read of it. We have the Bible. So through the word of God, we can read and believe in the existence of God, basically. Alright, so God is not changing his way. I'm going to miraculously you know, just show you that hey, you know what I exist. And listen, the Bible is enough proof that God exists and the Bible is enough um, material unto salvation you don't have to see visions to know God exists you don't have to see visions to be saved you know the Bible Paul was talking to um, Timothy in 2 Timothy 3 verses 15 and he says something so profound he said as from a child thou has known the holy scriptures which is able to make you wise unto salvation what was the holy scriptures as at then was the Genesis to Malachi. So he was telling him that you have read Genesis to Malachi and you've been able to know and you've become wise unto salvation. So because you read it, you have become wise to know how to be saved. So the existence of God is can be found purely from you know Genesis to Malachi. And, and I think we can actually teach the gospel expressly from just Old Testament, even outside the New Testament. Alright? Yes. We did that during seven hours teaching last year, April. Glory to God. So, if, if you keep seeking for a sign, you might not find the sign. You most likely would not. If you hear testimonies of Christians and believers, just a fraction of them have testimonies of seeing visions, you know, or, 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 or angels. It doesn't happen that way. The, men, the first experience for many of us was that we're either in a church and somebody was teaching the word of God and in your heart you just believed. True or false? Yes, it was the word that bet salvation. So, not everybody will have the experience of a Thomas. We all know who Thomas was, right? Jesus Christ had appeared before his disciples, right? And Thomas said, you know what? I'm not going to believe Jesus Christ res- resurrected until I see him and put my hands, you know, where the nails pierced. 
And Jesus Christ appeared to them again another time. And by spoken word of knowledge, he approached Thomas and said, Here is my hands. Now put your hands. Do you get what I'm saying? He had to see. He had to touch to believe. And amazingly, you know, Jesus Christ made a profound statement after you know Thomas did that. He said, Blessed are those that would see me not but believe. So it means there's a blessedness in the fact that I didn't even see physically. I didn't see Jesus Christ physically in the flesh, but I believed by the testimonies of others that saw him. Do you get what I'm saying? Because that's what happened. They told him, we saw him. but said, no, I will not believe. Do you get what I'm saying? So they were living what? Proofs. For they saw and spoke about And he said, no, I will not believe. Why are you telling me Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead? We saw him die. I didn't see him resurrect. So his response was, until I what? Touched. And Jesus Christ appeared, he touched. And the testimony of Jesus Christ was, blessed are those Blessed are those that would not what that would not see me, but yet they will believe. Do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> so not everybody will have that, you know, wonderful experience. You know, Joshua was speaking in, in Matthew 16, verse 4. He said, A wicked and a, a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall and there shall no sign be given unto it, but the sign of the prophet. Please write that down. Matthew 16, verse 4. Very profound scripture. Matthew 16, verse 4. Matthew 16, verse 4. I'll read again. It says, A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh for a sign. He said, And there shall no sign be given to it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. And he, and he left them and departed. So what is the sign of the prophet Jonas? That's Jonah. What's the sign? The sign was that Jonah was in the belly of the fish for how many days? And what? He came back alive. So the sign of the, what, what, the, 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 the sign to which Jonah was pointing to was that Jesus was buried in the grave for many days and he resurrected, right? So it was saying that the only testimony of salvation is that you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins and he was dead for three days and he resurrected when? On the third day. So it was saying believing in the word of God. As that then he had not died. So how did they know that there was going to be a death burial resurrection? Was that in the Old Testament, as I said, you can preach the gospel from the Old Testament. There was emphasis on the fact that Messiah will come. There was emphasis on the fact that Messiah will die. The scripture, the, the Bible, the Old Testament even tells us how many days he will spend in the grave, which is three. And he will resurrect, basically. Alright? So the only sign is the message in the Bible. Glory to God. So that's still on that personal experience. A second major reason on that personal experience is this: is that many unbelief in who god is in the existence of god because of their un unanswered prayers unanswered prayers on un their unbelief is better from unanswered prayers so many of them have a testimony of i prayed to god i sought god but i didn't find god i prayed i sought god but what i didn't find so many many atheists listen so we found out that some atheists actually were christians but they moved away because why? You know, they had unanswered prayers. Especially unanswered prayers that, you know, they were praying for an opportunity, but they lost. They were praying for a loved ones, but yet still died. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. Things like that can be very painful. So, you are praying for an opportunity. Lord, God, you can see I'm really red, I'm broke. I need this opportunity. Prayed, prayed, prayed. They didn't get it. God is not real. Because they prayed and... Did not get or probably they prayed for a loved one and did not get listen firstly many of us you know probably we've had this question in our heart as well you know i prayed i didn't get answers first thing you need to know is that god is not a babalao neither is god a magic magic wand where you wish 
blah 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 blah. I wish to see a bear there. Winnie Winnie. Give it. Listen. Come on. I could just I could just be here. I could be right here and pray. Lord Jesus, let that light come out. You know, and suddenly this thing just comes, starts working. You guys say powerful, powerful, powerful. Lay. Do you get what I'm saying? You'll be excited at ah, power. I mean, so I'll be like, yes. <laughs> listen. Listen. God is not a magic wand. It's not a babalawo. This is what I want. Now do it. Looking into the scriptures, looking into the word of God, the, what the Bible tells us we get in um first John um chapter five verses fourteen, it says, Anything you ask according to my will. So it means even in prayer, there's the mind of God for us. And we must always trust that God's mind for us will be better than our mind for ourselves. His thoughts are better than my thoughts. If he loves me, then he has better desires for me. Think of what I'm saying. You must trust that listen, if God is more intelligent than you than you are. If God is more superior than you are, and he has good thoughts for you, or if God sees further than you can see, and he has good thoughts for you, and he tells you this is the way, and you feel as though this is the greener pastures, which, in, if, if you're trying to you know, walk in wisdom, who should you follow? Your own wisdom, or someone that you know is wiser than you. They always say something, follow who no road. It's very simple. So if you're following who no road, who should you follow? You should follow God. So listen, if you look at the scriptures, you see examples of people that prayed and they didn't get the answered prayers. And they didn't stop believing in God. Do you get what I'm saying? Some Christians are so, some people are so, you know, weak in their faith such that they can have, out of 10 requests, they have 9 requests answered. But the one that is unanswered is the reason why they don't believe in God anymore. I'm like, geez. Sometimes, listen. Sometimes people pray for what is already a natural thing. For instance, you might be disappointed you failed that professional exam. But in the real essence, did you study as hard as you should? Let's not lie. God didn't fail you. Your diligence failed you. Do you get what I'm saying? You leave studying, you leave studying your schoolwork to so go and pray. Fasting and prayer for three days. You, you fail. It's not a curse. Then you take one person's testimony. You know, you know, I, I didn't read for the exam because I went for a meeting and suddenly, you know, I, I left my exam sheet blank and the writer and the marker puts, you know, two commands and the person has to record the sto- scores saw it as 77. So I had an hey. And then the old church just rejoice. Hey! Our people hear that testimony. Everybody now start believing towards a miraculous. See, see, imagine, listen, imagine something. Imagine if God Imagine if God was answering everybody's prayer. All of us Christians will always have A's in our exams. Yes, sir. Now, not just that. It means now, you that did not read, will now become a medical doctor. Wow. You will now be asked to operate on somebody. <laughs> With which knowledge would you operate on? In the name of Jesus, be healed. Le, 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 le. Le, who, le, who? Rise up. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, it can't work. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, you can't rely on things like that. See, God created the world. He gave room for you to do things. And I've realized many times, 
what God has given the ability for, He will charge you to be responsible with it. Do it. Imagine if all of us are going for an exam. You're only going to pick one person. We're all reading and we're all praying. Let's know why. Let's say we are 40 here. 39 of us will have an, we are, for 39 of us, the prayer seems what? It will be unanswered. Because the only one person that what? Get the job. Check what I'm saying. Sometimes it's not God, it's just intellect. Or it's not that somebody did it better. And you chose the person in the interview. Otto, God didn't fail you. And someone was crying to me, I've been looking for a job. I said, maybe you should know why they are, you know. I even asked some few questions that you asked in the interview. And the person answered, I said, oh, they can't pick. <laughs> it's the truth. If you don't know how to answer simple questions. But I, would, I know why you failed the interview. It's not God. You failed yourself. Do you know what I'm saying? So, back to it. I said, I said clearly, there are people in the Old Testament that pray that didn't get answered prayers. And they didn't get their, have their prayers answered. What do you want to say about David? God told him, the true prophet Nathan. God told him, true prophet Nathan, alright? That might be a prophecy. True prophet Nathan, right? That, you know, what you've done, alright? Because it's wrong, and because of that, you're going to lose the seed that came through the lady. And you know, do you know what this guy did? A very intelligent folk. This guy, he knew, he, he so much trusted in the sovereignty of God, in the mercies of God. That's David. David fasted and prayed for seven whole days. Read your Bible. For seven days, he was not eating. He was, he was with rack clothes. He was fasting that God might peradventure change his mind concerning that matter and not let his son die. This is his son. Not a stranger son. His own son. Who he genuinely loves. And guess what? After seven days fasting and prayer, Baba died. The son died. The son died. God is not God is not a magic one. The son died. Look at something. Look at Second Samuel chapter 12, verses 20. We'll look at the testimony of David after his son died. He was praying. He was fasting. And his prayer was not answered. The son died while he was fasting and praying. He should have doubted God. God, I prayed, I fasted. Why didn't you answer my prayers? That should have been his response, but that was not his response. See his response. Verse 20. He says, Then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel and came into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Okay. His son just died when he was fasting and prayer. What did he do? He removed his apparel. He changed his apparel. And what did he do? He went into the house of the Lord to do what? What was his response? His unanswered prayer, his unanswered prayer still led him to what? To worship. The nurse says after that, he now went to his own house and when he required his, the said bread before him and he did eat. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he was not depressed afterwards. God, why? Ah, God, why? Well, he was able to understand that, hey, whether I got the answered prayer or not, God is God, so I will still worship him. So you don't worship God for the bread you will get in his hand, but for we his. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, so unanswered prayer should not make you unbelieve who God is. He's still God. He's still God. Every one of us in this room have probably fasted and prayed for something we did not get. 
But listen, listen, listen. There's somebody, in case you're not thinking, then why should I not believe in God? You believe in God because of salvation. The Bible says that we may know the exceeding greatness of God's power towards what we believe. When he raised Jesus Christ from the dead and set him at his right hand. The greatest work or the greatest display of God's power is when he raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Do you hear what I'm saying? What makes God God? The greatest might. This thing is too much. It's too so much. Give it. The greatest, the greatest display of power of God was raising Jesus Christ from the dead. So God is God for what he has done in Christ. Not what he had just done in your life. Do you get what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? It's in Christ. So for the fact that God raised Christ from the dead, you must give him thanks. For the fact that God raised Christ from the dead, you must still, you must still trust him. Because that is the greatest saving there is. He didn't give you the bread, but he secured it for eternity. That's a, great, that's a greater miracle. So that's why you must still hold on and believe in God. For what he did in Christ, that he could, he could say somebody will defeat death, not once but forever. He died. He resurrected and not to die again, but to ascend into the heavens. That's miraculous. And listen, it's not, it's not just saying, you know, that, that's miraculous and that's it. They were eyewitness accounts. Just so you know. Thank God, we're going there now. The, now, the, the, the second, we're moving to the second pillar. That's the philosophical reasoning. Second pillar, philosophical reasoning. So, now we know. Philosophical reasoning. That's, that's how philosophers and all. There are reasons, you know. Under philosophical reasoning, you know, the, the first defense or their, one of their major argument is lack of evidence of the resurrection of Jesus and the authenticity of the scriptures. Lack of evidence of the resurrection of Jesus and the authenticity of the scriptures. Alright? Of the scriptures. Of the scriptures. Did you write that down, Nancy? Okay. Lack under philosophical reasoning, their first argument many times is lack of evidence of the resurrection of Jesus and authenticity of the scriptures. Lack of evidence of the resurrection of Jesus and the authenticity of the scriptures. So now it just makes sense that they want to argue this. Because resurrection is the core of our faith. Do you hear what I said? If you don't know, then you should know now. If Christ didn't resurrect from the dead, then our faith is vain. Look at 1 Corinthians 15 verse 4. 4 no, sorry. 1 Corinthians 16 verse 14, verse 16 and 17. 14, 16 and 17. 1 Corinthians 15. Verse 14, 16, and 17. If you're there, say glory. glory. Okay, so let's wait for more people then. Jesus, hallelujah. Wait, is Jerry there? Yeah. Uh, Jerry, welcome back. I think Jerry was in Kenya. As Bola. Just I think he, he, his flight landed this morning. I believe that's what he told me, Sha. 
as in to take the gospel. Hallelujah. Glory! Glory. I see those of UK, Canada. It's prophetic, whether I like it or not. If you believe this, it's yours. Anyways, glory to God. Are you there? So it says, And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching is what? So our preaching vain. And your faith is also so the one way to rubbish our faith is that to, is to deny the fact that what Christ resurrected. So one major thing we should be able to defend is that Christ resurrected from the dead. Sixteen then says, "For if the dead rise not, then Christ then is not Christ raised." Seventeen then says, "And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, and ye are yet in your sins." So it means there's no forgiveness of sin without res- resurrection of Christ. There's no salvation without the resurrection of Christ. So resurrection from the dead is, is a copy of our faith. That's why the greatest demonstration of God's power was in resurrecting Christ from where? The dead. That was the greatest display of, of the power of Christ. And listen, there's a, there's a popular uh, no, philosophical phrase, which is, extraordinary claim requires extraordinary evidence. They say it a lot. It's a popular phrase in that world. Extraordinary claim requires extraordinary evidence. So it means something. Jin, 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 jin. And they shot themselves in the leg because many of them, in the argument of an extraordinary claim, you know, they 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 they, they, they claim that you know that in the the reason why we believe that Christ you know resurrected was due to an extraordinary you know, display of power. Do you get what I'm saying? Because I'm just saying that they have a belief that, you know, that the reason why Christ, the reason why we believe Christ rose from the dead is because people were hallucinating. Yes. Very popular. So, anyways, as I said earlier, you know, extraordinary claim requires extraordinary evidence. And listen, there are a lot of evidence about the resurrection of Jesus. A lot. There's this biblical evidence I account witnesses. There's the historical evidence. People that have studied history and could defend the fact that there was once a man called Jesus who died and resurrected. So listen, uh, there, there, there are many, there are many people that have written books about the resurrection. There are many historians, sorry, that have written books about the resurrection of Jesus, such as Jacob Kramer, Saint Augustine, Jonathan Edward, Thomas Sherlock. You know, on the resurrection of Christ. And even a non-Christian historian, Josephus, he spoke about a man called Jesus. And he also spoke about the man resurrecting from the dead. Do you get what I'm saying? A non-Christian historian, a popular historian, Josephus. Alright? And many other historians actually also did the same as well. Because it's history. As that, um, as that when, you know, Jesus Christ died, Israel was, um, was being, um, colonized by who by the roman empire those guys were good with documenting history glory to god so in the early days you know the the the, the major de- denial of the resurrection of jesus christ came from the um the high priest themselves the jews themselves matthew 28 verses 12 to 15 matthew 28 verses 12 to 15 and i'll read matthew 28 verses 12 to 15 and i'll read he says and when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, 
and they gave large money all right onto the soldiers so here just got resurrected all right they had the, the soldiers went back to tell of what they had seen and you know when they were assembled there are two evidences and when they were assembled with the elders and now taking counsel means wisdom and gave large sum of money to the soldiers so means they were bribed so they were like nigerian government i'd not say it anyways 13 then says saying saying say ye so they don't they don't want to say his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept so armed soldiers and unarmed people came to steal anyways <laughs> verse 14 says and if they come to the governor's and if this comes to the governor's ears, we will persuade him to secure you. That means to save their lives. 15 then says, So they took the money and did, and, and, sorry, so they took the money and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly, commonly re reported amongst Jews even until this day. So it means it's a known history. They were bribed, they were given, and um, they went about declaring, you know, that, um, that jesus didn't resurrect so let's look at a biblical approach so from the bible we know that Jesus christ resurrected right and the reason why we know Jesus christ resurrected from the biblical approach all right is seen in first corinthians 15 verses 4 to 7. first corinthians 15 verses 4 to 7. first corinthians 15 verses 4 to 7. so before i read this i want to i want to paint a scenario in your head are you ready so listen So, I had a conversation with my mom, right? And she told me her childhood experience, how that she, how she met my dad. She met my dad in um, in Abelkuta, their first dates and all of that. Glory. And then, after she told me those story, you know, per adventure, I tell Nancy the story, right? And both then then Nancy comes to tell maybe Amelua. So Amelua, Nancy tells you a different version from what I told her. Something contrary to what I said. And I come and tell you what actually happened. Now, in a logical point of view, now Nancy says she heard it from me. Or maybe she never heard, she just knows miraculously by vision. Alright? And may I tell you that I was there and I saw and I heard. Whose account should you take? Right, someone that was there, right? Awesome. So, now, if the Bible were, the Bible was written in a time whereby there were a lot of eye account witnesses. So, when Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead, all right, sinner of people, the Bible was written about 40 to 60, at, at 80 years after his resurrection. Do you know what I'm saying? So, it means there were still eye account witnesses about his resurrection. So if per adventure that was not true, from the early stages they would have what? Falsified the writings. So if the Bible, the Gospels of Jesus Christ talk about his death, his burial and resurrection, and they were not falsified then. They can't be falsified now. Do you get what I'm saying? Because there was what? An eye account witness. And how we have history today is what we call eye account witness. Eye account witness that wrote down their history. Do you get what I'm saying? So if you want to disprove just one, you want to single out one eye account witness from the multiple eye account witnesses, they must tear down the whole history as a whole. You must not believe anything history tells you because, you know what, there's no video clip. There's no audio. The same reason why we believe, you know, about all that happened 200, 500, 1,000 years ago is because what? People that saw it, you know, with, with an eye account, what? They wrote about it. So here, yeah, 1 Corinthians 15 verse 4. Look at what it says. 
So, and that he was buried, so Jesus Christ was buried, and that he rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures. Verse 5 then says, and that he was seen of, he was seen of Cephas, and then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some have fallen asleep as when it was being written. All right, then verse 7 says, After that, it was seen of James, and then of all the apostles. So there was a physical sighting, sight, I mean. So people saw him. So now, check it online. A lot of philosophers argue a lot, a lot about this, that it was an hallucination. So now, the question is, if it was an hallucination, they, they claim there's an hallucination based on their griefs. So it means they grieved about Jesus. So when he died, they could just, you know, they're just picturing him being alive. And listen, listen, listen. If, you know, if you talk, if you, I, I, I've, I've, I've seen people who just lost a close person. Like, being literal. I've seen people that they've just lost a close person. And when they see talk like they saw the person. So maybe that's why. I, I, I see what, my aunt lost her husband this year. You went to see her and everything. You just tell her. You know, like I still see him. For instance, you know, one day Mo Motile could come. You know, just the Moban Shishi. Like I met it, I shut the door and I met it open after a while. You know, just all Yeah. But now the thing with hallucination is listen, to the first thing to debunk it without wasting much argument is we can't all have the same hallucinations. It is based on grief. We can't all have words. It's not possible. We can't all have the same hallucination. Twelve people, and Jesus Christ, as well as much as he appeared to individuals like Mary, he also had, he also appeared to clusters of people like the disciples. He also appeared to multitude of people like in his ascension that we just read. There were over five hundred people that saw him ascend. Do you get what I'm saying? Is that detail? I detail. Over 500 people saw him ascend. So how do you make 500 people hallucinate of the same thing and tell of the same thing? Listen, and if I've been talking about grief, let's say per adventure, grief caused it. 500 people can't, they, they won't have grief so much about Jesus. And they will not have hallucinate. Listen, let's be honest. Some people get strong hearts. Person does that and they move on. What? What? Listen. 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 And that's the honest truth. Some people lack emotions. So if it was seen by over 500 people, it was, listen, amen. If it was seen by over 500 people, there would have been the. Come on. You saw it, but not see you. Peter would have been like, ah, can't you see Jesus? Jesus would have been like, Jesus, we. Think what I'm saying. Just by the multitude, you can tell that that's false. All of them seeing the same thing is a proof that they actually saw something. Think what I'm saying. That's a proof. They didn't just see, they experienced touch. I touched him, you touched him. I touched him, you touched him. Think what I'm saying. That was the experience. They ate with him. Think what I'm saying. There was a physical experience. And listen, to debunk that myth of hallucination is this. 
There's no hallucination that can last for 40 days. Claude. 40 days of hallucination by a multitude of people. Because the Bible says in Acts 2, you know, Acts chapter 1, verse 3, it says, To whom he also showed himself alive after his passion with many infallible proofs. That means proofs that cannot be denied. Jesus Christ showed himself alive in the flesh. He said, Being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So you can't have 40 days hallucination. Then that says for 40 days he was teaching. So now if one, we've debunked that all of us cannot have hallucination. But if I eventually we all have hallucination, are you saying that we would all hear the same thing? So you hear Jesus Christ say, I love you. You also hear Jesus Christ say, I love you. You also hear Jesus Christ say, this person is going to... You also hear Jesus Christ say, it can happen that we hear the same thing in hallucination. Think of what I'm saying. I find to believe that there was someone that was making them have hallucination. It's to believe there was a superior power at work. Think of what I'm saying. To believe that someone made them see the same thing or experience the same thing is to believe that there was a superior power at work. So if you, if you deny the existence of God, then you can't deny and you, you go with that, then you're wrong. There was a supernatural, if that is it. Oh, the other hallucination, then there was, there was a supernatural being at work. Come on. You know, you might say that, and the authenticity of the scriptures, not to dwell much on that, but listen, one of the major proofs that we know the scripture is real is this. For instance, the Old Testament, the fact that the prophecies, the Messianic prophecies spoken of hundreds of years before it actually happened, they came to pass, is a proof that it is real. Mm-hmm. They are too accurate. Have you read the Old Testament before? You, you see that everything about Christ was predicted. Where will be given birth to was predicted. True will be given birth to a virgin was predicted. Where was going to be born was predicted. Where was going to be re- taken to was predicted. And I was going to become a Nazarene was predicted. And I was going to work miracles was predicted. How that it was going to, um, how that was going to be betrayed was predicted. How that it was going to be crucified was predicted. How that they were going to sell his garment was predicted how that listen how that none of his bones will be broken and listen if you are being crucified they break bones they said it was prophesied that his bones will not be broken and his bones was not provo- pro- broken that was a prophecy also that came to pass how not just that how that it will be buried amongst the rich was predicted it was in a rich man's grave how that it will resurrect resurrect after three days was predicted come on that's too many prophecies at different times to have been in life because they didn't see each other Maybe this one, a thousand years ago prophesied. This one, two, maybe eight hundred years. Another part, another part, another part, and they made all the, they made up the Bible. So the fact that the prophecies are consistent and they've come to pass is a proof that the Old Testament is real. And the New Testament, what's the defense in there? Defense is simple. People that had eye account witnesses wrote about the Bible. So if you can believe in eye accounts, if you can trust eye account witnesses, then you should be able to trust the Bible. In the court system, they also trust what they call eye account system, right? I account witnesses. So you must trust the I account witnesses that wrote about the Bible as well. Glory to God. So another, the second major problem that that, that people, the major, second f- philosophical reasoning that people have is the problem of evil. The problem of evil. The problem of evil. The problem of problem of evil. The, yeah, problem of evil. So it is widely argued. It is widely argued that God is evil. 
So they want to be associated with him. And the reason why they believe that if there's a God and he's evil is this. Amen. Glory. Alright, so the major reason why they believe that God is evil, alright, and um they don't want to do any they don't have anything to do with him is if there's a God and he's all knowing, he's all powerful, then why is he allowing bad things to happen in this world? <laughs> you laughed. <laughs> you laughed. Do you get the concept? That if God is all powerful, is all if he's all sovereign, if he's almighty, then why is he watching bad things happen in this world? First, it should be noted. There are two major reasons to say that. Bad things happen in this world because one, God is not the God of this world. The devil is. And that leads us to the second thing. The second reason why bad things happen in this world is God gave man the ability to make choices. If God takes away the ability to make choices, the man is no longer a man and man should not be judged. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 4. It says, I'll read. It said, In whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not. So it means the, there's a spiritual entity which is the devil that reigns here on earth. And listen, if God gave man the ability to make choices, it also means that just the way Christ comes into our heart and persuades us to make rightly dis- right decisions, it means also that the devil also dwells in the heart of many and makes them make wrong decisions. Look at, look at, do you, can't remember what, do you know what Ephesians 2, verses 2 says? He said, you were, you were, um, yo, how did he even put itself? I know this scripture now. What's it? Jesus. You, you will work according to the course of this world. The spirit that, um, according to the priest of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So it's acknowledging that those that were unbelievers, they were working according to the course of this world. The spirit that now worketh. It means they were subjected to his spirits. And what that means is, God had given the ability to make decisions is that, and, God does, and if God doesn't have the heart to every, if God doesn't have access to everybody's heart, it means some people will make bad decisions on their own. And because to be like God, you're all sovereign. It's not God, it's the person. The reason why there are so many evil in this world is because persons have chosen to be evil. Not God. You know, someone was, someone time I did one time, I passed my friend died, why did God allow the person die? I said, I don't know, it's not, firstly, I know it's not God. Secondly, there could have been many reasons why, why the accident happened. One, either he was drunk, or a driver was drunk, it could have been overspeeding, it could have been distracted. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So now, there are many human errors. So for instance, you blame God for the plane crashing. Whereby you should be blaming maybe the, um, the pilot or the maintenance engineer for not noticing some things earlier on time. Do you know what I'm saying? So many times we blame God where God is not to be blamed. That's the problem. So why do, why, why I love evil still happening in this world? We have wicked men. The Bible says the heart of a man is what? Is desperately wicked so a man thinks bad a man thinks evil without christ god is not osama biladin god why do you allow that was a man that made a choice and it just affected other people just the same way listen if you blame god for allowing people that made bad choices have their way then God should be questioned for allowing you to have good decisions have your way. Because that's the power of free will. 
So to question why God is, you know, allowing them, you know, that doing bad to do bad is to question God. Why are you allowing me to do good as well? Because the same power that they, that they choose to do bad is the same power you have to do good. To question free will is to question your existence as well as a man. If you can make choices as a person, then you have free will. God, why did you give me free will? That thought is a free will. Do you get what I'm saying? The fact that you can think is a free will. So if if there's no free will, you should have been a robot. Yes, Lord, tell me where to go. Dun, dun. Okay, are you satisfied? Okay, left, right. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? Lord, what do you want me to do? You won't be able to make a choice without God. Do you get what I'm saying? Did I confuse you or did I clarify to you? Man would always make their choices. And if their choices are bad, who would they point and blame? God. Whereas sometimes that listen, God is not the reason why God is not the reason why Nigeria is bad. Amen. Amen. God is not the reason why Nigeria is bad. Okay. That's all I'll not go deep. Bible even said, Bible even said some clearly in you know second Timothy 2. He said, Pray for leaders that you may lead a quiet and a peaceable life. It means God is saying those guys can do an undo. Pray. If not, Nigeria government will make mess of you. <laughs> Lord Jesus. All right. So, and so there is the why will God allow bad things to happen in the world? And there's also the second part of evil, which is we look at the Bible, God killed. Now, what they say, you know, God um, allowed bad things to happen in the Bible as well. First, we don't know God as an author of, you know, death or as a person that kills. All right. Clearly, in the scriptures, what we see is men that, men that misrepresented God. Amen. Amen. Am I preaching somebody? Yes. Okay, yes. So what we have in the Old Testament is what? Men that misrepresent God. Not, you know, God. You know, and even phrases that says, you know, God kill it and make it alive. We've studied in this church that that man was made by um, Anna when she was singing unto God. No, that was a testimony of who God is. That's not who God said I am. When they asked, when Moses said, God, who are you? He said, I am that I am. Means I'm all existing, self-existing. Glory to God. So, there are prophets that misrepresented God. For instance, Elisha that called that BS to, you know, devour the kids. Amen. Amen. All right. Elisha that called out um, um, BS to devour the kids. They were like, Why did God allow that man with such an option to do that? It was the man that had the power of God that chose to use the power. For instance, is it God? It's not God. It's the man. If I give you, for instance, when you arm a soldier... Give him a weapon and he say fight for the nation. And the soldier says, I'm not fighting for the nation, I will fight against the nation. Would you blame the soldier or the governor of the government? It's a soldier because there was an instruction to what do good, but he chose to do what, brother. Well, you know, shouldn't God have known from the beginning that I would do bad? Listen, man has the ability to make choices. Tell me, he could have also chosen to do. God. Awesome. Hallelujah. Alright, so misrepresentation in the Bible, and just Christ even spoke about it. You know, he says that, you know, there'll be many um, wolves in sheep's clothing. But the, Bible, the, the truth is, by the fruits, by their fruits, you shall know them, basically. So, 
those that represent Christ well, you know them by their fruit. Those that represent Christ wrong, you know them by their fruits. I know there's this also argument that you know the early Christians they didn't they didn't just they didn't do justice as well. The early churches they did crusades, they did witch hunts, they did a lot of bad things in the name of the Lord. And their defense, yes, they did those things. Crusade means they were, they went to war to take over a territory. Crusade is not just when you know people gather in two thousand, a thousand, and you preach the gospel to them. The way the 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 the, the British Empire, the England, the way they did their crusade was that. They'll go to war against another territory. They would, you know, subject you and they will compel you to give your life to Christ. That was their crusade. So their conversion was not by preaching the gospel. Their conversion was by war. So is there anywhere in the Bible that you could see that, wait, listen. Is there anywhere in the Bible that God says, go to war to convert people? So that was a man's ideology imposed. Not a God's ideology. Do you get what I'm saying? A man's word ideology set down so they, they got a lot of convert the pagans the pagans they got them converted by by war thousands by fire so that's powerful too that's all right <laughs> <laughs> so, what, have you tried evangelism before do you know how hard it is you preach 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 what i don't believe just after all i said to you Come back. <laughs> sometimes you just feel like sometimes you just feel like holding a knife to them and I say, you go collect a million. <laughs> but that <laughs> but that's not it. That's not the God kind of win. That's not it, alright? You know, but as much as you know there have been people that have misrepresented Christ, there have been more people that have represented Christ well. So what they do is that they tear off all the records of goods. And they, well, they they pronounce the words, the bad things. Do you know what Christianity has done to the body of to the world in general? The charity, the schools, the educations. Check the history of the good church has done. Church has done more good than bad itself. So because of the few bad apples, don't you know wipe away the works of the you know good apples. It, it just it just happens. All right. The third reason, the the third philosophical reason argument is lack of need. Lack of need. Lack of need. Jesus. Oh. Okay. I'm going to summarize the last part, which is the scientific inquiry. All right. Lack of need. It says the fact that, you know, many people could do things without the need of God, you know, makes them believe that, you know, there's no good. For instance, there are many people that they don't believe in God, they don't believe in Jesus, but Jesus Christ, but they are scholars. The, the 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 I check very well. The rich folks, the billionaires, the Bill Gates, the Elon Marks, they are not Christians. They are just. <laughs> there are people. Listen, there are people that believe in work ethics, believe in investing wisely. They have self discipline, and that has taken them far. So why, why are Christians not there? Many Christians have substituted all of that for believing in God. Remember <laughs> what I told you? Where God has given the intellect, you must make the right decisions. The decisions will lead you. The decisions lead them there. So they're like, no, if I can pass, if I can read my exam without believing, praying to God, then why do I need a God? If I can also make money, then why do I actually need God? But that, that's the argument. But in the real sense, you need God way more than making money or more than just passing an exam. You need God unto salvation. You know, and they won't get it wrong many, many times because without God, there's no meaning to life. 
without God, there's no meaning to life. A popular atheist, you know, Bertrand Russell, he said he once admitted that he struggled to find meaning to life. And he said he also admitted everything that the meaning to life is death. Meaning that, you know, a person will just die. But the truth is, the meaning to our life is that after this death, there's, there's life. You know, John 5, 24 says, Very rarely I say unto you, either hear my word and believe it on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and it shall not come into condemnation, but it's passed from death into, so death into, so an unbeliever's when is death into death. Alright, so that was the summation, that there was no meaning to life, since all, no matter what he did, no matter the world he amassed, he was still going to die and not going to exist. When the real essence, they are still going to exist though. Then they are going to exist. Just that their existence is, is going to have a different location. Yeah. It's the truth. If you didn't know, it's, it's the truth. Their existence is going to have a different location. That's just it. All right, and listen, if if still on their lack, their their their, their um, lack of need, lack of need. All right, it can be questioned because if you say you don't need God, then on what basis do you judge morality? Morality. If you don't need God, on what basis do you judge morality? On what basis do you judge good and evil? What is good to you? Might, be, might, might actually be bad to me. If there's no God in it. Listen, do you know that there are tribes and religions that believe in killing people? You kill, they praise you. Probably, there's even one I heard about. I think every year they sacrifice one of their own. They will kick the person and offer it to God. That's, they are good people now. Are they not good people? Alright, so... The basis of right and wrong is from the knowledge of, of God. It's from the Bible. So we're talking about you know, what good has the Bible done. The Bible had brought about a central ideology of what good is and what bad is. And I, it has been, you know, I read many materials and I watched some videos. See, no philosopher has been able to defend that. So on what basis do you know what is good and what is bad? You always mumble and just, you know, drive away from the point. No, none of them have been able to rightly defend that simple statement. Because the pedophile views is right. Mm-hmm. How do you tell the pedophile that you are wrong? What if you say that's my belief? You get accused. How do you tell him he's wrong? What if you say that's, what, that's my belief? Check out what I'm saying. So the Bible, the word of God, shows us what is right and what is wrong clearly. So if there's no good, there's no right or wrong. Because people, they are moralists. They'll say, just do good and you'll be fine. What is the good? What if killing is good? To me, um, who told you? Well, I just, I just know. Because they say, oh, maybe just your feelings. They say it a lot too. I, I don't know, I forgot. They say, no, what, what, what feels good do? If killing is what feel good, feels good to me, then I kill. Uh-uh. If... Don't, I, I'm not a killer. I say if. Don't just say like. Do you get the analogy? Do you get the analogy? They, they, they pass the message that you know you just know what is good is a feeling. It's a lie. Feeling has been has, has been proven to have not been a good basis of what is good or bad. Adolf Hitler felt good for killing the people he killed. It, it felt justified. He felt he was doing what is right. So without the word of God, you can't really know what is good or evil. You can't, st- there's, you can't stand against anybody without the word of God. You can't. So the word of God is the, is the dividing factor, is the truth factor. Glory to God. Alright. 
let me let me move on to the next one but for you check that no philosopher has been able to prove what's the basis of good and evil you know my my friend as a muslim was telling me you know just being good i said yeah what is good tell me define the good so the bible defines what is good so the third um pillar is scientific inquiry this one this one i'll be very very fast about it oh baby this one hour. Yeah, it, it has flown flew all right so there are two major stuff one is the creation of the earth second is the evolution of um creations but you know we're going to look at creation of the earth um, and then we can call it a day we'll see creation of the earth and then we'll just i will ask a question to ask 80 i'll tell you a question to be to ask 80 actually you know we can answer it then you're fine all right so <laughs> eh? creation of the earth and evolution of um creations that's um living things all right so creation of the earth so it is popularly believed that the world the earth came into existence the world i mean not just earth came into existence by what they call the big bang theory you don't heard of it before science by charles darwin you know amen so there's a belief that you know the world came into existence by what they call the big bang theory so the earth the universe and not the earth there was an there was an explosion Poof. and the explosion you know was so large was so magnanimous such that you know just started to expand and he said it's still expanding to dates yes so the, the belief is listen uh, don't you guys don't watch all these um, documentaries and all it is believed that the universe is still expanding yes it's believed yes that's their belief that you know from the it's still expanding and expanding and expanding and expanding well without wasting much time the question to ask them is simple <laughs> you want to what what do you want to say though so and now yes that's their that's their belief no 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 like that's where the evolution came from after it came evolution came, comes after the big bang all right so <laughs> amen all right it's not a question class let's listen and be blessed all right so <laughs> so I, i'm gonna you know there, there are a few questions that will come to mind just by hearing that the big bang theory the first one is what exploded <laughs> where did it come from that thing like what's it say a response now hey, we'll get there let me wait now let me finish my question we'll get there what exploded where did it come from write these questions there are, there are good things you can ask them as well what exploded right where did it come from 
where did the explosion energy come from? Now the question is, where did the space that the matter that is expanding came from? Then lastly, where did the space that the matter expanding came from? At least something explode, there must be a room of you get what I'm saying? So where's the space itself that the universe is expanding into? Where did it come from? Then lastly, where where did they get their information from this theory from? You know, for we say Charles Darwin, but where did he get it from? What's the proof? Because the their their belief is that this big bang thing it happened 20 billion years ago, not not million, 20. You said? Cha cha me. So, do you get what I'm saying? These are major things you can question from their theory. Sorry, just a minute. I didn't add something to my notes. All right, so my, the, 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 the what exploded, or what exploded is simple. There are theories that, you know, some say it was a star that exploded. Some say it was, you know, you know, um, like I said, asteroid, like heavenly bodies or bodies that, you know, collided and exploded. So it means if you actually believe that is it, it means there was an existence before the explosion. It's pretty logical. If you believe that something collided with each other or something's collided and but if you that it was a star, it still implies that, listen, it still implies that there was a creation in the beginning. Yes. And for an explosion to happen, what triggered the explo- explosion? You know, we even need to ask, what, what triggered the explosion? The Big Bang Theory goes against everything in the, in the Newton's Law of Motion. Remember the Newton's Law of Motion, alright? So, there are three Newton's law of motion. The first one says any object remains at rest and an object in motion remains in motion at constant speed and in a straight line unless acted upon by an unbalanced force. So it means there must be an acting upon. For, for an explosion to happen, it means something acted. Alright? The second one says the acceleration of an object depends on the mass of the object and the amount that the force applied. So it means if they said the universe is still expanding, means the force was extremely great that is still happening right now, billions of years later. Must have been a super, super, duper huge force. And you know, third one says for every action there's an equal but opposite. So it still implies that something happened. There was a force. If you say matter, what created the matter? Where did the matter come from? Do you get what I'm saying? There, there are... Do you get what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying, guys? There's just a lot of things to question from that, from that theory. If you believe in the Big Bang theory and you say you don't believe in a, in a superior you know, being, then you're wrong. Because, listen, first, where did that material come from? It was created. Before you believe creation happened. Alright? How did the explosion start that it's still making it, you know, so large? For them to have been that large and still expanding means 
must have been a great force. Who, who enacted that great force of explosion? What enacted it? So something must have done it. So what is that something? And the space. You know what I'm saying? The space that you know, the universe is expanding into. Where did the space come from? Do you get what I'm saying? No, it's just widely believed, you know, if, if you if you have a very tight box and all of that, if you exp- if, if you put a bomb inside and explode, it's going to stay in the confines of what? So if there was an explosion, it means there was a bigger box that it has, even, it has not yet been occupied for the universe to still be expanding. So it means there was a creation of a space first. There was a time in existence first. Do you get what I'm saying? So... Not going too much on that, there's a lot of things to falsify from their theory that, you know, one can question. And listen, just to say this, creation is too intelligent to have been an accident. Do you know what I said? Creation is what? It's too intelligent to have been an accident. Because explosion is an accident, right? It's too intelligent. How that, listen, how that, where the earth is, if we were closer to the sun, would have heated up. If we were further away, would have frozen up. Such that the earth has what they call ozone layers. Such that, because even where we are, it's what deflects the sun rays from harming us right now. Who put the ozone layer? Now, even if we had all of that and there was no water, who would have suffered? If we had water and we didn't have the earth, who would have suffered? Because if, 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 if Jupiter could have made up of gas, Earth could have made up of water. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? There are so many things and things to really question. The question is just too intelligent. So have been an accident. So that the owner said we are revolving around a star, which is the sun. How? Who, who arranged it? Who puts it to you stay, you stay, stay, now we keep going around? Who determines those seasons? Who determines the day and night? An accident? Creation is too intelligent to have been an accident. It shows that there was a superior being that intentionally arranged things the way they are to ensure that, you know, it is habitable for all of us as humans. Pay attention, guys. Do you get what I'm saying? It's too precise. It's too intelligent. Even, even looking at even the, 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 the man in itself, creation in itself, do you know the number of cells that work together to ensure you are still standing? So that happened by accident. There are so many things. If, 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 if creation of a mankind is not too intelligent, by now we should have created our own man. It shows the, just, just the fact, see, the, just the fact that we, 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 have, we have a brain. We have a thought faculty. We can think, can feel. What science can bring about you know, a robot experiencing that feelings? Do you get what I'm saying? The, the question is just too intelligent to have been an accident. So you are saying mankind is an accident. You know, suddenly, you know, I believe that, you know, the earth was formed 4.5 billion years ago. Then life itself started 3.5 billion, about 3.5 billion years ago. So it means, you know, cells are coming together and they're talking to each other. You know, you stay here, let me stay here. You know, let, let's, you will be doing this, I'll be doing that, you know, and start to evolve. So you, we evolve from mammals. They believe that, you know, dinosaurs evolved to, uh, listen. 
just believe that you know as man we came from you know chim apes chimbas like creatures you know we're first walking like apes then gradually in, in evolution we started to in evolution we started to you know walk upright a little bit then upright then the air started to go then we became more intelligent but now you know i i watched i watched i watched a debate and the person said listen the person said this the person said this was so profound he said if you believe in evolution of creations that you never saw then you believe in then you have faith but your faith is not on god but it's on your your belief on your ideologies which is what said you're a religion you just don't know that's what the person said say you're a religion you, you you didn't see the way man looked first you just came you studied animals and said we must have come from this animal it means you didn't see there's no physical proof or evidence and you believe it it means you believe in the unseen so do you get what i'm saying if that's your will driving to be an atheist it means you are believing an unseen thing then why can't you believe in god that you cannot see yeah why at least now, in our own, in our own, in our own, in our own case, there are proofs. <laughs> the things we talk about, it happened. Listen, for the fact that a person died and resurrected, which dead have you raised to, de- to life? The fact that no matter the medicine you create, a person is destined to die. But someone resurrected and never died is a kind. That's a huge miracle. Jesus resurrected from the dead and to date is still alive. That's a miracle. That no medicine, no, no, no medicine, no science has been able to replicate a forever existing being. No medicine has been able to do that. And not just that, people saw him ascending to the heavens. And after his ascension, the words he gave, gave unto us, he said, I will give you another, I'll send you another comforter. And there was the response of the another comforter, which is the Spirit of God that is indwelling on, on the inside of us. So it means we have a personal experience that cannot be denied. Yeah. The fact that all of us can experience the Holy Ghost in an individual place shows that we are believing in something that is real. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? The fact that I can, there are so many ways, the fact that I can look at you and give you an accurate word of knowledge is a proof that God is real. I can prophesy to you, it really proves that God is real. Do you get what I'm saying? There's so many, so many proofs. But what would you see? It's not logical, it's not scientific. It's not logical, it's not scientific. So, like the person said, you know, I strongly believe. Not to believe in God is a religion in itself. Because don't be fooled. Even the devil believes in who God is. Even the devil believes in the existence of a God. And I have, I have, a, I have a friend of mine, he's a scientific guy. And he doesn't believe in God and everything. You know, it was like, one time I was talking to him, I almost had a breakthrough. I was like, no, even if it's to believe. He said, the day he mistakenly hears about a CFO site, like aliens being real, he said, if he believes that, he said, he would just take back his life. <laughs> Think about what I'm saying. Like, even alien comes and like, aliens are real. That means, you know, that wouldn't speak about aliens and. I'll just say this. If you want to be extremely logical, you can have reasons to, you would always have a reason to doubt. Yes. What God and what the word does is to give you enough proofs to believe. 
But you can decide that it will not be enough for you. Yeah. And you can decide to sit and take the leap of faith. Ah, with all I've seen, let me take the leap of faith. Because the truth is, the, our faith is still what they call taste and see that the Lord is good. Before you have the inward experience of the Spirit of God, you must first believe in the written word of God. So it's still... And now, a question to ask an atheist that refuses to change. It's just one I want to ask. What happens after death? Simple question. Now, when you die, what happens after death? A very simple and profound question to ask an atheist. What happens after death? <coughs> just darkness, you just cease to exist. That's a lie. You will not cease to exist. You will not. It doesn't work that way. Listen. Listen. You can tell them. You will not cease to exist. But you cannot determine where you will go and exist. By your actions here on earth. And listen, it's just safe. Extremely safe. I'm being logical. It's extremely, extremely times 10,000% safe to believe that there is a God. You believe in Jesus Christ that you are saved. And then when death comes, nothing actually exists. You know, everybody's just... Done. For you to say, I don't believe in God. It's not real. You now die. You now see God. You now see hell. I am hell. Do you get what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? It's just safe. It's, it's just safe. Do you get what I'm saying? It's extremely safe. That is, what's the worst that can happen that you believe in Jesus? With the proofs that you've seen. Salvation comes to you, right? If it's not that after death, it doesn't even exist. It means they're good. Say God help us. God actually helps. And the only way to know what happens after death, if you, if if none of them, because truth is that no atheist can actually answer. Because if you ask them, how do you know that you know after death is just darkness? They don't have a scientific proof. Do you know what I'm saying? There's no scientific proof that after death is just oblivion. There's no scientific proof. So it means you are fitting your death. So why not just fate rightly? And the, the most logical way to fit rightly is that go and find somebody that has died. <laughs> the only person that has died and is still existing that you can ask is who? Jesus. Jesus. So what did Jesus Christ say? If you believe on me, you will not perish but have everlasting life. And not just that, he said, not only that, he said, you, if, 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 if you're dead, my second coming, he said, the dead bones shall rise up, flesh to flesh, bone to bone, blood will flow again, and you will live. So, what's there not to believe? At least you have defeated death. Let me follow you. I also want to defeat death, right? It's pretty logical. It's pretty logical. So, my awareness argument by saying this. Being a Christian, can be proven in the logical standpoint of view. Amen. Amen. Being a Christian can be proven in the what? In the logical standpoint of view.
As well. Everything is not logic. Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah. Everything is not what? Logic. But we have enough logic that we steer our heart to the moon. We have enough. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Were you blessed? Yes, sir. What do we do, do with what we have learned? We what? Wait, wait for the word. What do we do with what we have learned? We preach. Awesome. So I charge you. This month we have learned about reaching out to the Muslims. This month we have learned about reaching out to Jehovah's Witnesses. To, to Catholics. Also, we have also learned about reaching out to Jehovah's Witnesses. Today we've learned about reaching out to atheists. What you can do is that go over the messages you have to what go over the messages to ensure that you know the teaching is going in and so that you can be able to accurately teach that which you have been taught it is my heart desire that all that you've heard like our pastor jalice in second Timothy 2 verse 2 that which you have seen ahead of me among many witnesses the same commit to faithful men we shall be able to teach others also glory to god Thank you for listening. We know you have been equipped, changed, and transformed by the word. If you have any questions or inquiries, please reach out to us on Instagram at the Zoe Household Lagos or via mail, zoehousehold at gmail.com. God bless you.